Welcome, my name is Matt Wilson. Thank you for joining us for the Peterson Air Force Base Department Highlight. This is our first Fire Department Highlight of many. In these episodes, we'll talk with current members of the departments about emergency services offered, department makeup, shift schedules, local community, and much more. Our intent is to give listeners an idea of what the department and base are like so that they can make informed decision when their time comes for reassignment. Before we get into the episode, don't forget to check out our website, firedog.us. On the site, you'll find every new episode along with articles from people across the fire service. So make sure to go to the site, save it to your favorites, and if you want to write an article to be featured on the site, click Contribute at the top of the page. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you can stay plugged in every episode. So without further ado, please welcome, from Peterson Air Force Base Fire Department, Tech Sergeant Tim Carroll and Tech Sergeant Kurt Matthews. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for coming on. You are our first guests of our new fire department highlight segment, and I'm excited to kick it off and talk about Peterson Fire Department. So the intent of the episode is to simply highlight the department and the base while keeping the conversation unclassified, of course, so that those up for reassignment can get an insight into what it's about. We'll talk a little bit about the department makeup, some unique services that the department may provide, and then we'll talk about the local community, and then we'll highlight anything else you gentlemen would like to cover. Sound good? Sounds good. Cool. Sounds good. Before we get going, can each of you introduce yourselves? Give us a brief overview of who you are and what position you hold. Uh, Tim, you can go first. Yeah. Hi, so uh, Tech Sergeant Timothy Carroll. Um, I have been at Peterson for a little over two years now, uh, loving every minute of it. I was at Tyndall was my first assignment. I was there for a little less than four years. Uh, from there, I went to uh, Joint Base Elmendorf Richardson. I was there for another four years. Absolutely loved that assignment. From there, I went to uh, Soto Cano Air Base in Honduras for one year remote down there. It was a great assignment again. And then uh, landed here at Peterson and been here ever since. And uh, absolutely love it. Awesome. Great to have you, man. And for all those listeners out there, Tyndall was also my first base. And Tim and I started out together, like within months of each other, I think. That's right. And yeah. we're, all, we're also J Bear together, too. So. Yeah. We go way back. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt, what about you? All right. Uh, my name is Technical Sergeant Kurt Matthews. I'm, I've been here for about two years. I'm a fire protection crew chief. And before that, I was over at Tyndall, actually. So I was at Tyndall for a couple of years. And um, yeah, just two years. It was ended by the hurricane. But before that, um, I was over at Joint Base Lewis McCord. Spent eight years at Joint Base Lewis McCord. So I spend most of my time there and then then the Tyndall and then now here. Cool, man. Great to have you. So you were displaced by the hurricane? Yes, sir. Man, that must have been an experience. Yeah, that definitely was. But the, the house actually turned out okay. Owned a house off base and had a little bit of damage to it. But yeah, we made it out. Awesome. Well, it's good to have each one of you. I'm excited to do this. I'm really excited to learn about departments and Colorado's a place that I've always been kind of eyeballing, you know, for assignments. And I would definitely put in if I had the opportunity. So I'm excited to hear about it, man. And uh, so we'll, we'll start out with a brief description of the department and the base. You know, how many stations are there? How many firefighters? And what's the mission of the base? Yeah, so we have uh, two fire stations currently. 
Uh, we have 61 assigned military and civilian firefighters. I believe 56 of those make up our A and B shift. We work uh, 48 on, 48 off. We actually just switched to that schedule. I guess it's been a little over a year now. Um, it seems to be very, very well, well received overall. Um, once so our second station uh, houses four crew members and one engine. So you know, just the outlying station services the BX commissary area. And then our main fire station is where we have our ARF vehicles. We've got three, three ARF vehicles, and then an engine that run out of that station. Um, so, yeah, that's what. Uh, as far as the personnel and the stations, that's what we got right now. So, cool. Two stations, you said, right? Two stations. Yep. And forty eights are being well received. They are well received. Yeah, we were obviously twenty fours before, and I think the overall consensus was. A twenty fours, you know, we we weren't a fan of them. I don't know. There's very few people that are. Um, and our new fire chief, uh, Chief Bullock, actually came in and kind of took a vote and kind of heard both sides of it and decided that you know forty eights would give it a shot. And ever since then, I think it's uh, definitely been the better of the two schedules that we've worked here. What do you think about it? How do you like it? I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's uh, definitely gives you you know twenty fours is. I mean, it is what it is. But with forty eights you know, having those two consecutive days off with the family is definitely beneficial. You know, you're not waking up at work or waking up to go work. So you actually kind of feel like you have a little bit of time off. Right. And the family's okay with it too? They are. They are. There was some definitely uh, some growing pains with it, you know, being away for two days at a time. The kids didn't quite understand, but uh, once they, you know, once we got into a rhythm with it, everybody kind of, you know, went about their lives and accepted it. So it was definitely worked out. So what about the mission on the base? What is the base all about? So our mission is uh, it's a Space Force um, mission that we have here. So uh, that's, that's pretty pretty huge. We have, we have NORAD, the Northern Air Defense. And um, we basically try to, it's a space control. So any notifications, anything that they get for Intel, we'll gather that information and uh, provide that to the unified commanders. So that's that's pretty pretty huge here. But also for the fire department, uh, we are attached. Our ramp is attached to the Colorado Springs Airport, so we share that with them, and uh, that's that's a pretty big mission for us, uh, aircraft and ARF wise. Yeah, for sure. Do you guys respond to in flights and grounds for the commercial aircraft? We do. We do. We respond to. Uh, all the civilian aircrafts that come through, um, whether it's a 727 or a Cessna, and um, we have UV-18s that we have housed here, and any civilian aircrafts that have an IFE or ground emergency, we're, we're the ones going. Uh, we, we do have C-130s that are assigned to our, our base. Um, they are a, they're part of the math system, so, they are actually they carry water on the uh, on the aircraft itself, and for like heavy wildland fires, that's the uh, extinguishment they use for those uh, for those out of control wild wildland or brush fires. Yeah, there's a big wildland mission in Colorado. I imagine I'm going to talk a little bit about you know the services the department provides later, but um, so obviously they're launching aircraft for that out of that airport. Yes, sir. Cool. So what's the civilian and military mix? How many of each is there? 
Yeah, so we have, uh, as far as shift goes, so B shift, we have one station captain who is a civilian. And then on A shift, their assistant chief is a civilian. Other than that, uh, as far as the shifts go, we're all military. And our deputy fire chief is a civilian. Our assistant chief of prevention and training are both civilians as well. And then there's one uh, fire inspector who's a civilian. So we're pretty pretty military heavy here, uh, which... You know, I, there's mixed feelings about it. I know I've working working in departments that have been fifty fifty, and then working in departments that are one hundred percent military. There's definitely something to be said for the continuity of having civilians, and and here you can definitely see see the difference with the the majority military coming through here. You know, the the continuity isn't really isn't really existent like it is in other places, and so it's definitely it, it it's a learning curve for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I'm in a place too where there's fewer civilians than what I'm used to. And you do see a little bit of shortfall in continuity, but you can make up for that and enthusiasm. Definitely. You know what I mean? Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the first questions people tend to ask when being assigned to a base is what kind of schedule there is. You mentioned there's a 48. What What are the Kelly days like? Um, kind of what are the, uh, I guess, specifics in re- in regards to the schedule? Is there anything unique? I mean... Yeah, so we so we like I said we work forty eight forty eight, and then we have a set Kelly Day schedule. Meaning, for me, for example, I have a Saturday Sunday Kelly Day. So if our shift works Saturday Sunday, I will I will work I'll work Saturday Sunday. If we work Friday Saturday, I'll come in Friday and then get off Saturday. If we work Sunday Monday, I'll be off Sunday and come in Monday. So it's a little confusing when I when you hear it, but looking at it on paper, it makes sense. Um, but it definitely, I think every two weeks, I think it's every six shifts is when you get your Kelly day. Gotcha. Yeah. I think that's pretty typical. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm one of those guys left out there that has only worked to 24s, you know? Right. So, so I'm, yeah. I'm new to the 48 game and I'm, you know, I'm trying to understand it myself. Uh, we're actually transitioning over here at Langley right now and doing exactly what you guys did a, a year ago, kind of doing a trial period to see what everybody thinks. So. So we know that every base is different, and those differences sometimes drive unique services provided by the fire department. Does Peterson provide anything unique, any kind of unique service? Um, yeah, I just want to add on to the fact that we're attached to the Colorado Springs Airport, so our our permission is is essential and it's huge for all the civilian aircrafts that we have here. Um, but also being attached to the Colorado Springs airport and the terminal, our medicals are, we, we get a decent amount of medicals. That's that. That makes up the majority of our, our emergencies are medical. Um, so somebody and usually the emergencies that we get at the Colorado Springs airport are due to the elevation that we're at. We are at a 6,000 plus elevation. And the common one is the elevation sickness. Uh, people get lightheaded. They feel unwell. And it's, it's, a, it's a very common uh, emergency that we run on. So we'll have to respond to the terminal, get access, because it's a very restricted area. So we'll have to get access onto the plane, escort the patient out, and provide medical care to them. So that is... That's pretty huge for us here uh, with the Springs Terminal, but we also have housing that we we have a lot of people housed on our base that we have medicals that we run on all the time. So I would say 
our medical calls are we're constantly busy and luckily we just got this EMT course that just came through so now we have about 20 I think 15 to 20 students that are testing for their national registry they just completed their EMT course and now they're testing for their national registry so we can have some more EMTs on shift awesome and they're moving in the direction of advanced EMT are you guys heading in that direction you think so i'm i'm actually going to a course to become um not not advanced EMT we, that that was something that i i saw on an email that they're trying to push for advanced EMT i don't know if our department is going to going to go that direction i'll have to double check but i know they're trying to push people to become EMR instructors I'm going to go to an EMR instructor for a refresher training. So I'm going to do that and come back and help those who have EMR and need, need refreshing. Uh, but for the advanced EMT, I don't think we've quite crossed that road just yet. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, down the, down the line, once we start looking at the numbers and seeing how medical is a big chunk of our response, might want to look at that yeah and i think a lot of bases are going to do the same thing take a hard look at that and they're of course they're talking about moving medical services over to the fire department so they have exclusive responsibility but i think that might be years down the road it's good that good that there's a emt class and you guys are going to pump out some nationally registered emts we actually have um a contracted medical company that is going to be staying with us and doing rotations so we just got a contract in and they have a paramedic and an EMT and they will house their ambulance in our station on the 1st of April. So they're going to actually run calls with us and provide us training and support. And um, yeah, they're, they're going to be there hand in hand with us. Oh. That's really awesome. What about Wildland? Uh, you know, I know you mentioned that the that the aircraft at the airport has that capability, but do you guys deploy to the state or is there anything done on base for wildland firefighting? So as far as Peterson specific, we have no wildland mission um, in our fire department. So none of our members are red carded. Uh, None of our members do any kind of wildland firefighting in our department. Uh, I know the Air Force Academy does and Cheyenne Mountain does as well, but we, we don't really have any hand in wildland firefighting at the moment. Uh, just where our base is located, uh, and with our with our mission set that we have here, um, I think it's it's kind of not really an essential thing for us right now. Gotcha. So, yeah, cool. And I heard it's Cheyenne Mountain, right? Correct. Yeah, I heard that. Are they joining forces with Peterson, so, or is that a rumor? No. So um, actually, so Cheyenne Mountain uh, Fire and Emergency Services and Peterson Fire and Emergency Services both belong to the 21st Civil Engineer Squadron. So our commander basically has two fire flights within the squadron. With the geographically separation of us, it was kind of the logistics of combining forces would have been kind of a nightmare. And then all of the um, all the certs and the all the stuff that they have to go through is completely different than what we have to go through. So I think it's it's talked about possibly in the future having us kind of combine and mesh together. Uh, but for the for the immediate future, it's definitely we're just two separate fire flights within the same squadron, which is it's actually kind of cool, um, you know. But as of right now, and our our dispatch actually, the dispatch center dispatches for both Cheyenne Mountain and Peterson. 
Uh, but other than that, we're not really a combined fire department per se. Yeah, I talked to Tech Sergeant Wilgum a little bit, and he'd mentioned that to me. I know that he was in the dispatch center there. So if you get orders to Cheyenne Mountain, is it possible that you can go down to Peterson and be a part of that department and vice versa? Yes. So I believe, and I might be wrong in saying this, but I believe right now when you get orders, you will only get orders to Peterson. And then once they see you know, the inbound, as far as demanding goes at both places, they'll kind of divert people to Cheyenne Mountain uh, on a need, on a you know case by case needs basis, uh, but we've definitely uh, talked about Texar and Welcome. I know he came here with orders to Cheyenne Mountain, and that's where he worked uh, for a little over a year. And he's actually about to take over as our assistant chief at Peterson. So just because you get orders to you know Peterson, or if you if you get orders to Cheyenne Mountain, doesn't mean that you're not going to come to you know to one or the other. So nice. Yeah, that's pretty unique. So another important and frequently asked question regarding a new assignment is in regards to the local community. So what city or town is closest to Peterson? And can you tell us what you think about it? Yeah, I can, I can take that. Um, so we're in the heart of Colorado Springs. So that's, it's a very, it's a growing city. It's, it's, it's huge. And um, it's just a very outdoor type of family related um, community. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, everybody loves, going outdoors, hiking, you can go whitewater rafting, you can go to the um, Manitou Incline, which is about 20 minutes away, 20, 30 minutes away. And it's, it's, it's an incline. It's you go up this uh, set of stairs. Um, we did it for 9-11 for the, the memorial. So a group of the firefighters from Cheyenne Mountain uh, and from Peterson and from Colorado Springs Fire and, and multiple other agencies we put on our, our air pack and, and our bunker gear and we went up this incline and for 9-11 and it was awesome experience. Um, you got that and you got the Garden of the Gods, which is um, just a rock formation um, where you can, you can go through trails and you can do rock climbing and um, it's just beautiful. If, if you're an outdoor person, you would love it here. Um, and then plus you have the Rocky mountains there with the, the amazing view. So going, coming from Tyndall where you, you know, you're right on the beach to seeing the mountains. It's a, it's a completely different, you know, landscape, but it's, I, I totally embrace it. I love it. And, uh, not to mention you're, you're around Fort Carson, Shine Mountain, Peterson, and you got Shriver and the Academy. So all these military bases are all very close, 20, 30 minutes of a drive. And the just the community, the relationship that the military has, it's it's great. Everybody's very supportive. Um, yeah, it's it's a great place to to raise your family and and to uh to get out and explore. So I love it. Right. You sold me, bro. I'm I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, sounds awesome. Um, so you mentioned it's a good area for families and it sounds like it based on what you said, what about the schools? Now, so the, uh, so the school districts here, um, I believe, I believe there's 11 different school districts within uh, Colorado Springs. So every one of them runs a little bit differently. Uh, but overall, I believe they're, they're pretty, pretty well-ran school districts. I know my son is in uh, fourth grade. We actually live down in Fountain, Colorado. So he goes to elementary school down there and, we absolutely love it. Um, I know my daughter will start kindergarten there next year. And 
Um, I don't really have anything negative to say about it. As far as the high school goes, uh, it's a brand new high school down in the district where we live. And I believe there's actually, they're, they've built, since I've been here, five or six new high schools. So, you know, they're not old buildings by any means. And so I think that the school districts here are definitely, uh, definitely nice for sure. Awesome. Sounds like a great place, man. I'm, I'm waiting for you guys to say something bad about it. But Kurt, you you mentioned a lot of uh, recreational activities. Tim, do you have anything to add on it? Anything he may have not mentioned? Yeah, so uh, the ski and snowboarding resorts here are, I mean, phenomenal, right? They're world-class. You got Breckenridge, Aspen, Vail. They're all within, you know, a couple-hour drive from Colorado Springs. And as far as military goes, they offer what's called an epic pass. So at the beginning of every season, uh, if you're military, you can buy an epic pass, which I think is like a hundred bucks. And it's basically an all-inclusive thing to all the resorts in Colorado. Um, and you don't have to pay for the lift tickets or anything. If you just go, go to Breckenridge, say one time without the epic pass, you're paying almost a hundred dollars in itself just for the lift ticket. Whereas that epic pass, you can go as many times as you want, uh, throughout the season. And again, that's only, that's exclusive to military. So a lot of the guys definitely jump on that and uh, get up in the mountains. I know we go up there every other weekend if we can uh, to get out and go snowboarding and skiing. So that's another another big plus to this place is the uh, those resorts. Yeah, that does sound awesome. Kurt, anything to add on anything we've talked about so far? Do you have any school-age kids? No. Um, so my son is four years old, so he, he doesn't start kindergarten um, until I think he turns five. And, yeah, he turns five in July. I don't know why I'd think about it, but, yeah, he turns – in July and then you know start kindergarten but other than that I, it's there's just so much to do out here if, if you're not um, a super outdoorsy person or doing activities it, it's extremely convenient like the the city has everything you can think of if, if you love food if you love um, breweries or wineries if you, if you just love just getting out socializing they're they're all about recreation games uh, it's just perfect for socialization and meeting people you, you really can't be bored here there, there's so much and that's in the springs area if you go out further east if you don't like the city life there's more rural areas that are out east or out a little bit further down south so it, there, there's a lot for you if you aren't a city person or if you kind of want to keep to yourself it there there's so many options that you, you can't really complain i i just i just love it so awesome. yeah i i love it too man based, based on what you're saying but <laughs> um so where do people like to travel does anybody travel anywhere and how far are those places like denver maybe yeah so denver is depending on where you live about an hour north of colorado springs so not far at all um i know we go up there all the time to do, you know, going away for guys. And I mean, there, there's so much to do in Denver. Um, and then as far as going south, there's not really much south. Um, but again, going west, you got all those ski towns uh, that everyone travels to. But Denver is definitely the main one that people go to because it's just, it's close enough, but far enough, you know, and it's, you get that city life feel. And there's a lot to do in Denver. So beyond what we've talked about, what would you tell a member set to come to Peterson? So I would say if, if you're coming to Peterson and, and it's all depending on where you're, where you're at originally or where you're at currently. Um, but there are some things about it cause it can't all be super positive and in the best thing. Cause I mean, we, 
we have snow, which, I mean, we can get some heavy amounts of snow. But the good thing about that is usually when it does snow heavy, the next next couple days, the sun is out and the sun is bright and hot and will mostly melt the snow away. So you have to, t- it's like a mild inconvenience. So you can deal with some icy roads and some snow um, for crazy for maybe a few days. And then after that, the roads are clear. So it's, if you're not huge in the snow or if you love snow, it, you have to live with it. That's a part of it being here. Um, the elevation, just getting used to the elevation with, you know, if you get winded, most people get winded pretty easy. It takes a while to acclimate to the area. So once you get here, you'll be winded, out of breath, um, tired, or have headaches. Uh, so that's very common. Or like, it's very dry too. So I had to put lotion um, and chapstick and drink constant amounts of water. So it's 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 still out in the mountain area, but it's also in the plains, kind of dry, deserty area. So you have to just keep in mind that you need to constantly hydrate, take care of yourself. But um, other than that, I, I would just say there really aren't that many negatives. It's just, I mean, pretty much chock full of positives. For people that are curious about coming here or have orders here, just know that it's a great place. The department's awesome. Uh, we have great leadership. Um, our personnel on on shift or I mean, we're a big family here. You know, I know went through some some rough patches over the last couple of years, but it's uh, done nothing but brought us all together. And so uh, definitely don't be don't be uh, don't be shy about, you know, coming here kind of not unsure, I guess, is what I'm trying to say about coming here, because it's definitely a definitely a close knit, close knit group we have here. Yeah, I agree with with Tim, the fact that, you know, we've we've grown a lot as a department and um, we've we've made some progress with how the department, where it was and where it's going. And and uh, we're all happy, like we are a family and we're we definitely share that common that goal, the 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 vision for the future for our department. And we I'm excited. We we share that vision and, and we're. We're just chomping at the bit to improve our department, and it's and it's a good time to be here. Awesome. Well, that's good to hear. Well, thank you, gentlemen, again, and your department leadership for agreeing to come on and highlight your department. So it was great to learn about what you guys got going on there, and I know it's going to help some folks decide on where they want to go next. So I appreciate you guys. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you.